0: This is the text that we'll be in today, Mark chapter six. It's kind of two little sections, broke apart. We had to skip one section, not because we're skipping scripture, but just because Jesus kind of went on a rabbit trail for a second. Um, and, and it's it's um, well, you can go study it on your own, but we have these two little sections. So let's look at the reading of scripture. And he called the twelve and began to send them out by two by two, that being the disciples. And he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. And he charged them to take nothing for their journey except for a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Jesus, he wasn't into double layers. And he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you when you leave, shake the dust off uh, that's on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and they proclaimed that people should repent. And here's what I wanted you to catch out. They, they went out. They, they go and they labor. They're, they're doing stuff. And, and so we've been going through this mini-series on spirit-led life and what that looks like and doing and active and all that kind of stuff. And that's what he's telling them. Go out. Do. Be led by the Spirit. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons. And they anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. And so they go out and they do this stuff. And then the next thing that he says to them is this. And then the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done. And he said to them, now come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For many were coming and going and they didn't even have leisure to even eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. So here we find ourselves with an interesting passage because we've been talking about what does it look like to be spirit-led and do and action and all this kind of stuff, and today we want to hit the pause button. As a side note, we're going to kick off Joshua in two weeks. Um, so it's going to be quite the journey, and that'll be our fall study this year. We'll go through the book of Joshua. Uh, but for this week, we're going to look at what does spirit-led rest look like? What does it mean that we can just rest in the Lord? And so I want to ask you a question to kick that off. And think about your favorite musician. Whoever your favorite musician is, whether it's Elvis, Beethoven, Beastie Boys, whatever it is, think about that favorite musician, all right? Now imagine that favorite musician walked into those doors right there and walked in and said, I want to spend time with you, and I've got 12 undistracted hours, and I want to spend these 12 hours with you, but here's the deal. If you take any of the time, you have to take all the time. You can't just take one hour with me or 30 minutes with me. If we're going to spend time together, it's got to be all 12 hours. In that moment, how many of y'all's want to do it would collide with, I just can't do it today? Like you want to hang out with them, but remember, it's 12 hours specifically. How many of y'all would go, man, (laughs) golly, Paul McCartney. I want to, but I can't. Not today because I can't commit the 12 hours. How many of y'all would that would be your story? you you just there's no way you could pull it off the day for 12 undistracted hours because you may have these things how many of y'all have homework right or that report due at work or the baby shower coming up or the birthday party or you're just too tired or you promised your kids you would take them to chuck e cheese right because you want germs for whatever reason how many of y'all, you, 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 like you would love to, you would want to, but you just can't because there's so much going on. Is that your story? It's my story. Yeah. And so, now let me, let me flip the question. What if the God of the universe came walking in? And now that Marvel has came out with Thanos, everybody who's watched the movie, it pictures Thanos walking in, you know, whatever. All right, so the God of the universe comes walking in, and he says, hey, I want to spend time with you today, but here's the deal. It's either 12 hours or no time. How many of your want to would collide with, I just can't today? Now, right now, I know what's going on in your head, right? You're going, no, 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 not the God of the universe. I would just lay everything aside, right? Like, how many of y'all just thought that? Well, if God walked in, I would lay everything aside. Be honest. How many of you thought that? Okay, good deal. Now, here's the deal. The God of the universe is already here, So why don't we? Like he's not walking in, he's already here. And he bids us come rest, why don't we? And I want us to look at that today. Because I think the same excuses for um, Eminem walking in, which would be my pick, by the way. If it's Eminem, it's my favorite musician, there we go. So he, I mean, obviously the clean versions, the clean cuts. Um, But he comes walking in and I would go, yeah, I want to spend time with you, I just can't. But God would probably do the same way because I'm like, God, I, I, if you're offering me 12 hours or nothing, I want to, but I just can't. Because today, I've got homework, I've got a report, I've got a baby shower, I've got a birthday party, I'm just too tired, and I've promised my kids that I'm going to Chuck E. Cheese. Kids, I have not promised that to you, by the way. So. Um, but we have those excuses, don't we? And, and, and here's the thing, I want us to think about this because Sabbath rest is one of the most personal Um, One of the most glorious and one of the most beneficial commands in Scripture, but yet it's one of the most overlooked commands. I mean, we look at the command to pray and we go, yes, yes, I will work to pray. We look at the command to study and we go, yes, yes, I will study. We look at the command to share our faith and to and to to do that at school and we go, okay, I'm gonna work to do that. And then we look at the command to rest and we go, I just don't have time for it. What are we doing? (laughs) It's one of the most glorious, beneficial, personal commands the Lord gives us, and I think it would behoove us to look at it. I mean, think of the million-dollar books out there right now. Platt, David Platt, Radical, Work, 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 Sells a Million Copies. Francis Chan, Sacrifice, Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to Sacrifice, I'm going to Work, Work, Work. Um, John Piper, Thinking. I'm gonna be radical in my thinking. Think, 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 think. Million dollars. Even now, young, with Jesus calling out there. Pray, seek, do, do, sells a million copies. How many million copy bestsellers have you said that read that just says rest? It's just not out there. And so I wanna think about that today. Mainly because of these things here. Let's look on the screen. There is a motif of rest and a command to rest all through Scripture. Let's look at it. Genesis 2, 2 through 3. It'll be, if you're taking notes, it's in the handout. You can follow along. Genesis 2, 2 through 3, we see a God who values rest, first of all. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work. So God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Did you catch that? A God who doesn't need rest values rest. Like there's never been a moment to where God laid his head on the pillow at night and said, man, I can't go to sleep because my mind just keeps churning of all the things that are coming up tomorrow. Like he doesn't need it. Like his mind never goes there, but he values it. And even for himself, he created and then did what? Rested. So we see a God who values rest, and then we see a God who commands rest to us. Exodus 28 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to our Lord. And on it you shall not do any work. Check this out. On the Sabbath you shall not do any work, your son shall not do any work. Your daughter shall not do any work. Your male servant shall not do any work. Your female servant shall not do any work. Your livestock shall not do any work. And your sojourner who is with you in your gate shall not do any work. That about covers everybody, right? right? For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the sea and all that's in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord said, Bless the Sabbath, and he made it holy. So we have a God who values rest, but he also commands it, which is beautiful. Because most of us picture God as a cosmic slave driver telling us, do this, do this, do this, do this. And Scripture presents a God who says, yeah, do this and rest. That's the God that we serve. He cares about rest. He values being with us. So a God who values rest, a God who commands rest, but then a God who purposes rest. Rest is not just for nothingness. There's a purpose to it. Here's what he says in Exodus 23, 12. Six days you shall do your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may have rested. Your ox and your donkey need rest, by the way, just letting you know. Um, And the son of your servant woman and the alien, watch this, here's the purpose, so that you may be refreshed. God cares about you being refreshed. He wants that for you. He longs that for you. So the person in the room who's tired and you're exhausted, God wants rest for you. And so he commands it. In other words, God cares about your level of joy. He wants you to be refreshed in him. But it takes energy and effort to just pause and to be refreshed. So a God who values rest, a God who commands rest, a God who purposes rest, and then finally, a God who will define rest. And rest is not that I just do, 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 do. And rest is not even that I take the Sabbath and just carve out the one day and make it the day that I rest so that I can make God happy. Because if you do that, you just see what you just did? What did you do? You turned the Sabbath into Work. Okay, I'll carve out a day of rest, because if I carve out a day of rest, then you'll be happy. Therefore, you just made that a requirement for God to be happy with you. You just made a work out of rest. And that's not what he wants. And so Jesus talks about this. In other words, in rest, God wants to give us, check this out, just grace space. Just a space to rest in grace. And that's it. He says this in Mark 2, 2, 27. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man. In other words, you just need grace space. Not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is even Lord of the Sabbath. He can say what it's required for. He can say what it's there for. And so then we have this God of Sabbath rest that we just read here in Mark chapter 6. Which we'll dive into in just a second. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. Rest in the world and the way that we define rest is the same picture that Scripture gives of rest. Let me rattle through these. Number one, a definition of rest is this, to just cease from work or movement. So there's this emphasis of resting on just stopping what you're doing, stopping moving. And in our world of fast-paced movement, we need to hear this. of God wants us to just pause from that every now and then, to just stop and cease movement. It sounds a lot like the command to be active and know that I am God. Right? No. What does the scripture say? Be still. Just be still and know that I'm God. And so part of this rest for us is this emphasis on if we ever want to rest in the Lord, and if we just want to rest, period, it causes, it, it, it's us just stopping movement. Stopping action, just ceasing for just a moment. How many of y'all drove a manual? I know this section here, nobody has probably driven a five-speed. All right, we got one. But everybody else, everybody else who's driven a five-speed, okay. You remember when you started driving the five-speed? Right? First of all, the, the steps that it went down for you, because it went down for all of us the exact same way. You pop the clutch, the car died. That's just step number one. It is what it is. And then step number two, you got a little better, and you started doing what? And you, you started doing that little thing. Y'all remember that step. And then the next step is you started figuring it out. And once you figured it out, you were the coolest kid on the block. I mean, you were, and every now and then, you would rev it up and skip uh, second gear and just go to third. Why? Just because you could. Because you were that Cool. And so it's just this activity and and boom, boom, boom. And here's what God's saying about rest. He's saying, listen, life is just this, and I care for you so much that I sometimes just want you to pop the bad boy in neutral. Just let it be. not worry about first gear, second gear, third gear, fourth gear, fifth gear, but just pop it in neutral and just rest. And he loves us that much. So there's this picture of rest that's just this stopping movement and refreshing oneself and recovering. And then number two, there's a picture of rest that's not just stopping movement, but there's this emphasis on support. What do we say when we lean our arm against something, just kind of hover over it and put our arm? I'm doing what? I am I'm resting. I'm resting on this. I'm laying all the pressure that's on me, everything that I've got, and I'm just kind of resting. You've been working hard in the arm. You've been working hard at work. You've been, slave. your parents are slave drivers. I know your parents, they're slave drivers. They they, they got you doing, and you just, mom and dad, I just want to rest for a second. I just want to pause, and so I just want to lean down and put the pressure of me on something else. And that's a biblical picture of rest. When God bids us come and rest, he bids us not to just stop moving, but he bids us to take the pressure of us and to put it on him to put our body in his arms. There is no better picture of rest than Mark chapter 10, and it's a crazy passage, but just go with me for a second. Children are doing their thing, and they want to come to Jesus. And the disciples say, he ain't got no time for you. I mean, that's what he said, because Jesus was a southern-speaking Hebrew, I guess. I ain't got no time for you. Um, And then what did Jesus say? He said, no, 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 let the children come to me. They came to him, and then Scripture's very clear, and it throws in a unique phrase. It says, and Jesus didn't just let them come, but what did he do? He wrapped them in his arms and held them and blessed them. Rest is not just this stopping from moving, but it's an active resting in the arms of Christ and just sitting in him. Letting Him hold us. There's purpose to it. There's this... All of our pressures on Him. And the beauty of all of our pressures on Him is He will never topple over. My dad had a crazy accident this week. uh, Two weeks ago. It's been the past two weeks. And he he ran into the coffee table with his leg and ended up having to have surgery from a blown-out vessels. Okay, just... So you've been forewarned, your coffee table is out to get you. All right, be careful. And it ended up with a wound vac and all kind of crazy stuff. And so he gets done, he's going to get released from the hospital. And my mom, I said, okay, mom, how's he going to get up the stairs? So they get got stairs to get in their house. There's no way to get in except for stairs. I said, how's he going to get in? And my mom said, and many of y'all know my mom, some of you don't, she might weigh 33 pounds altogether, all right? <laughs> She's, that's soaking wet. She's a little bitty lady. And she said, well, I'm going to help him up the stairs. To which I said, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You know, he is a 240-pound uh, guy. All right, we'll just leave it at that. And, and so she said, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to, I'll get him on my shoulder, and we'll just kind of walk up the stairs together. I'm like, no, 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 Mom. You can't handle his pressure. <laughs> you can't. And so, um, anyways, he makes it, the long story short, he's in the house, he's fine, all that kind of stuff. The point is, is that pressure was too much for her. And when God bids you come and rest on him, there's no pressure he can't handle. And you go, yeah, but there's so many things, and if I get the things right, then I can come to God. And God goes, no, 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 you'll never rest if you try to fix it on your own. I'm asking you to come with all the garbage and put it on me. I can handle it. You can't crush me. Come rest. Stop moving. And then come to him specifically and purposefully and rest on him. And then there's this period of dedicated time. When we take a vacation, we schedule it out so that we will go, not verbally rest, but as a noun, we will take a rest. It's something we carve out. There's this notion of rest that's this period of time And so, rest in Scripture is the same. We stop moving, we purposely put our pressure in His arms, lean in on Him for a carved-out season of time, specifically, and take a rest in Him. And so, in our cultural-driven society, man, we need this. How many of you work 50 hours a week? And then many of you who just raised your hands thought in your mind, I wish I only worked 50 hours a week, didn't you? And now let's couple that with all the events that take place. So let's say you work 30 hours a week. Even if you work 30 hours a week, you still have this and that and got to do this. And there's so many things, events that would take place. And so in our family, we go to the band thing, we go to the baton thing, we go to the baseball thing, we go to the birthday party, we, we do the thing, we do, 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 there's just things, we just got things, because that's our culture. Our culture has lied to us and told us that rest is when we do whatever we want to do that's different from work. And so what we do is we go work, and then we go, okay, I need to take time to rest, So I will go play golf. And we don't rest because we play. Or we say, okay, I just want to escape and I'm just going to escape with a good book where I can sit there and think about something else. And that's not biblical rest. That is a distraction from the norm, but it's not rest. You're still actively engaged in something. And what Christ is calling us to, which we'll get to in just a second, is I need to stop, I need to lean on to Jesus, I need to carve out a specific time, and I need to rest. And rest means nothing else gets in the way. Now that we just don't hear from Reader's Digest. Let me give you seven ways to rest. Here's how you should rest. You should take a vacation... Which means that you've got to book the place, read about the place, schedule the place. And once you get there, you should do something you love, like go to Fat Daddy's Arcade. And I love Fat Daddy's Arcade. I love it. Yeah, they give me 50,000 fi- I mean, tickets, and I can only get a little ring spider, but I still love it. All right? So I'm going to do this, I'm going to go eat here, I'm going to schedule this, I'm going to da 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 And so the way that you rest is to do all these things, and that's not rest, that's doing stuff. And God bids us come rest, carve out time for him. And so we've married work and rest, which is why, even on our vacations, y'all finish the phrase for me. We took a vacation, but I came home and I feel like I need vacation. Why? Because you didn't rest. You worked in a different place other than Tuscaloosa. And so we don't rest. And God bids us come rest. And so the biblical definition of rest is this, to stop what you're doing, stop action, stop motion, stop labor for a dedicated period of time and lean in on the peace of God. We even do this with our spiritual habits, and then I'll go on to the text and we'll be done. Right? I'm going to meet with just the Lord and I'm going to sing in my car. Well, here's the problem with that. Even singing in your car means that you're not fo- solely dedicated time and space to the Lord. Why? Because you don't want to crash your car into the person next to you. So even in that, we're still focused on something else. And he says, no, if you want to rest, you have to be no focus on nothing else. Or we just do this right here. I will pray. I'm going to commit to pray with my family and carving out time to pray with my family. We're going to do that at the dinner table. Well, the problem with that is we begin to think about, is the chicken getting cold? Is my kids throwing mashed potatoes at each other? Is the cat this? And we begin to think. And he said, "Well, no, no, I want you to rest and just carve out time for me. Or this right here. I will study and meet with the Lord while I'm running. And so we put in the earbuds and we listen to R.C. Sproul because who doesn't listen to R.C. Sproul when they're running? Everybody listens to R.C. Sproul when we're running, Right. Walking, and you're like, Troy, I don't even run, so I'm out on this one, all right? And so we, 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 I'm going to carve out space to listen, and so we go running, but we're not dedicated to just listening to the Lord, because we're dedicated to listening to R.C. Sproul and running. So we don't rest. And there's this notion of this Sabbath rest that is ceasing from worse and resting in just God and the peace that he provides alone. Not the peace that R.C. Sproul provides. Not the peace that uh, Lauren Daigle provides. You're like, who's Lauren Daigle? Not the peace that uh, the Gaithers, there we'll get on both spectrums. Not the peace that anybody else provides. But just him. And so, three avenues of rest were promised in Scripture. Yes, we're given eternal rest in Christ. We have an eternity of rest coming for us, Revelation 21. Yes, we have a saving rest that's grace. We don't have to work to earn salvation. That is a rest. That's true. But yes, biblically, we have an earthly rest right here, right now, that God wants for us. And so, let's look at that real fast. I know you're like, man, we ain't even gotten to the text yet. Eh. This is one of those texts where Jesus lays it out pretty clear, pretty simple, pretty easy. Here we go. The apostles returned to Jesus from doing all the stuff they were doing. Told him all that they had done. So we've got these proud little worker bees. I've done a lot of stuff. And then Jesus says, good job, now go work harder. No. Somebody says. Here's what he says. Number one, you worked hard, now come away. Come away. And he gives a crystal clear movement towards rest to get away. The problem with our typical norms of rest is there's too many competing distractions with where we go to rest. And so we don't rest. And he's saying, come away and rest. You go on vacations because you like to experience the abnormal. You like to experience what you don't normally experience. So you get away. But yet in getting away, you find out that there's all kind of things that are very similar to what's around you. So we don't rest. And he says, just come away. And this coming away begins the crucial process of resting. To stop your mind from spinning, it has to start somewhere. And as a church, I'm begging us to just come away with the Lord at some point very soon. Just get away. Get away from your husband, wives. Get away from him. You don't need him. I mean, you need him. That's not what I mean. <laughs> but get away from him. He is a competing distraction. How long can I do this, Troy? No longer than three hours, all right? <laughs> you got to come back, all right? I'm, that's, I'm not, you know what I'm saying. Husbands, get away from your wife. And then husbands just said, all right, I'm in. <laughs> get away from each other. Come away. Come away from friends. Come away from school. Come away from the distraction. Come away from work. Come away. Get away. Come away from what's normal around you, number one. Number two, by yourselves. I told you it was real easy. Jesus laid out the sermon really easy on this one. Come away by yourselves. A crystal clear number. It's it's, it's come along the path that is not well grooved. You go up to Lake Lerlene and go down the well-grooved path, or I know we got some motorcycle bike riders, all that kind of stuff. The the, the well-grooved path. The problem with the well-grooved path is it means there's a lot of people that are going down the well-grooved path. He says, don't do that. Come away by yourselves, not the well-grooved path. Do something different. Come away because God wants to be with you and nobody else. You and you alone. There's something unique about the gathered body. Yes, and we need the gathered body. You need the gathered body. The person who says, I don't need the gathered body. You've just made yourself Lord and you've just rewritten scripture. You need the gathered body, all right? You need it. But you also just need the Lord sometimes. Just Him. Alone with Him. Come away by yourselves. And this crucial step allows the purging process. It's only when you're solely alone with the Lord that you'll actually get honest and purge. If I ask you to stand up right now and say, Hey, tell me about your life and what's going on in your life. Number one, how many of you would do it? Alright, we got no takers so far, so the second one should be easier. How many of you would be completely honest about all the aspects of your life if you stood up? We just won't do that around other people. And so he says, if you want to rest, come away, and let's do it by ourselves so we can get gut-level honest and just purge. Because just like coming away begins this resting process, by yourself allows this purging process. Come away by yourselves to a desolate place, a crystal-clear location, a desolate place, a place. Have you ever wanted to just get away with God where you can kick, scream, cry, cuss, what, you just want to get it. You're like Troy. Well, I would never cuss. Eh, you probably would if you're just being honest. I just want. I just want to. I just want to get. Can I get with God somewhere? I can just. We can get after and we can wrestle. That won't happen unless you get away to a desolate place. That's why he took him away to a desolate place. Why? Because if you do that in a place that's not desolate, everybody around you will go. He or she is cray cray. You're crazy. So he says, come away to a desolate place and meet with me. A place that we can have undistracted moments of wrestling and where we can, if you will, get along with God in a desolate place where he can rip the scabs off and apply healing ointment. Just get away. Jacob wrestled with God. He walked away with a limp, but he also walked away changed forever. We need that. That's where the healing process begins. Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and do what? Rest for a while. A crystal clear purpose. In other words, my point today in the scripture is God wants to give us rest. And this is crucial to the restoring process in our lives. It's crucial to just the everyday walking process in our lives. God wants to meet you on the mental level, people. He wants to meet you at that spot where that rat keeps racing in your mind. He wants to meet you there on that mental level. But perhaps those things keep spinning in our mind because we never deal with them. And only when you pause to actually ride it out and deal with them are they dealt with. Maybe God wants us to pause and rest in Him just to Get our mind right. God wants to pause and meet with him on a physical level. You know, those, your, your hands are exhausted, your feet are tired, you've got calluses, you, you've got those baggy eyes. Maybe God wants to meet with you there on that level. Maybe God wants to meet you on a spiritual reality and shower you with a reality that all of your needs really are met in Christ and Christ alone. And everything else around you is just noise. He wants to meet with us, church. And so as the band comes on back up, what I'm trying to push our church to is just to see that you not only have biblical permission to rest but you've got a biblical command to rest. It's for your good. Will you take the time to do it? Oh, yeah. And right now you're going, wow, gosh, I've already burned all my vacation days this year (laughs) on non-restful things, Troy. I want to challenge us, church. If you're arguing in your mind right now, yeah, that sounds great, but I just don't have time to. I think the Lord wants you to hear this. You don't have time not to. You're exhausted right now. How's it going for you? (laughs) Will you take the time to get away? Pause, breathe, all alone. Here's the SHC challenge. It'll be on the screen above. Number one, as a church, we are challenging us as covenant partners to calendar intentional and strategically eight hours when you can get away with the Lord. To which some of you just said, eight <laughs> ain't no way. You can. You should probably spend eight hours on Facebook. Oh, snap. If you could spend eight hours on Facebook or social media, you can get out alone eight hours with the Lord. I don't do Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that little novel that you shouldn't be reading anyway, gossip time with the sisters, whatever it is, number one, this fall, eight undistracted hours away from the Lord, with the, not from the Lord, <laughs> don't do that, with the Lord, number two, make sure that you'll be 100% alone, not your spouse, not anybody else. And you go, ha, 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 I have kids. Well, here's what I'm going to say to you. Ha, 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 the church will provide childcare for you. So, ha, 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 you ain't got no excuse. <laughs> we'll provide it for you if that's what it takes. We will give that to you to get away for eight undistracted hours. Number three, take a pen and take a notebook. Write down these questions. Who am I? Who is God? And what do we need to talk about? That's it and just start purging. I hate this, I'm mad at this, I love this, this is great. Would you do this? And just talk with God. Not social media, as a matter of fact, you gotta leave your phone at home. Or, just go to Lake Lurline, and your phone do not work there anyway. Yep. You can do that, get away. Number one, strategically for eight hours. Number two, 100% alone. Number three, take a pen and notebook. Number four, take your Bible and read it. What do I read? There's got to be something great to read. Yeah, it's called the Bible. Read any of it. I don't care what you read. Read Revelation. Read Genesis. Read Ecclesiastes. The Lord spoke to me these past three weeks in the book of Haggai. I forgot the book was even there. Just read it. It's the living Word of God. Let Him speak to you. Calendar eight hours. Be alone. Take a pen and notebook. Take your Bible. And then number five, just do it. Just do it. Be intentional about it. Labor through it. And then number six, make adjustments to make a Sabbath rest a weekly occurrence. Troy, whoa, 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 I ain't got eight hours a week. That's not what I'm saying. The eight hours is different than the Sabbath rest. But man, I mean, you know, it is the fourth commandment, right? <laughs> Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Um, I've been horrible at this. And I need to repent of that before you as my brothers and sisters. This has been horrible in my life. So I ask your forgiveness for not modeling that. Um, And I need to change that in my family. We need to Sabbath together. I need to Sabbath alone. And I'm asking you to join me in that journey. Let's rest. Why? Because you need it. But number two, because God wants it. Let's pray. So Jesus, I pray as a church, we will, when we labor, labor, and let our good works shine as lights to the glory of God. We'll be the best laborers this county has ever seen. But when we rest, Lord, I pray we'll rest. That we won't count rest while I'll come home, shut the garage door, and then sit on social media for four hours. Or read the book or play the game. That we'll just rest. And Lord, I know that scares some of us to death as if we wouldn't have anything to do, we would be bored. (laughs) Oh, gosh. We would never consider it boredom to meet with the God of the universe. So, Lord, teach us how to rest as a church and refresh us and renew us. It's in your precious name I pray. Amen.